it's good to find dolls. Okay, so, um, coincidences of coincidences, um, uh, some of you know that I had to go on a Zoom meeting to find out what was happening with one of the investments that I was in, and, um, I think the tragedy is that it came down to egos, um, I was going to go ahead and, and say the guy's name that was the primary trader. Um, I listened to a one-hour interview with him. I'm going to play a soundbite so that you can hear because um, this does cross over more so um, about, you know, I, t I always talk about how, what makes me curious is like, how come some XYs are are able to kind of transcend and have embody all of the things in terms of compassion, understanding women, I think, um, being empathetic, being successful, being driven, having foresight, um, all of those things. And um when you I want I'm gonna play just a random, I just clicked on the like the 27 minute mark so you can kind of hear how he talks a little bit. But I've listened to his full story and I think that I got the sense when I went into that investment platform, I remember he was, um, they had him answering questions. That was back when we had regular Zoom meetings and <clears throat> I felt confident that my funds were in good hands, okay? And... The guy knows his stuff. I I will I will kind of throw some things out there. I I'm I kind of pressed play and then I'm going down a completely different direction of what I, I intended to say. But he would get paid a million dollars for every completion of a package of people who signed up, right? And sometimes people would sign up for whole like bundles, like like if you signed up for. So you could either buy a piece of a bundle and then when that bundle filled up, then um, they would, everybody would, would, everybody's assets would be traded in that bundle. And so sometimes people would be buying out whole bundles, right? And so for each completion of the bundles, he would get paid $1 million for that. And so he had purview over the other traders. So it was him and like, if I'm not mistaken, like five other traders. And I remember listening to him and I'm like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. He's so articulate. He's so bright. He's so intelligent. Fast forward to some of the problems that were going on with the platform. I talk about how both of them started to hit um, some rough patches, but the, the crazy part, I think that really grinds my gears with this is that remember how I talk about how I diversified my income. And so one of them, they're going through their problems with the SEC, um, as are other like crypto platforms and stuff like that. You, um, time I'm recording, this is June, 2023. So Binance just got slammed. Um, Robinhood is at a point where they're delisting crypto. Um, I, I traded crypto, not so much. I would kind of like, um, 
have my my um crypto go through there sometimes and then I would just send it to my to my checking account, right? Um but because of the hit that Binance went through, it's just causing a lot of chaos. Um and and so but with that being said, Robinhood is delisting its its cryptos, specifically Solano. Um well Solano is one of the, the I think people's favorites. I don't remember the other ones. I think one starts with a P. It will probably come to me. But um so but but um so they don't normally trade in Decembers. According to the other black guy that is in the, in the group, um, he doesn't trade in December's, and he, according to him, you know, it's it was written in the contract that they don't trade in December's because in December because, and this happens in the in the stock side too. It's kind of like one of those um months where there's kind of like a what do you call it? Not conversion. But it's kind of like um I guess the best term would be like the witching season of all of, of all of them, like the culmination. So there's a lot of um in and out and people revisiting what really has value. So things kind of get upside down on their head type of a thing. And so what normally has happened before, because they've been around for several years, is that um if I'm not mistaken, since 2017. I could be wrong, but it's been it's been at at least five years, right? So in January we're supposed to start getting our our funds back. Well, come to find out, um, they sent us an email telling us that, oh, you know, we had to let our trader go. Okay. So what does that mean for everything? So people start to get antsy. Um, January, February, March, 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 nothing is is happening. So they get on a Zoom and I get on the Zoom and I hear this older black man, the same one that was talking today, tell us that the reason that all of us, you know, all around the world are not receiving funds is because this guy that I'm going to play a clip of him talking, um, because this guy um and and when he was sharing his background and how he learned how to do forex he's really good at it and when i listen to this interview it it really 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 is a tragedy but i could see where the jealousy is there and the the male ego y'all when i tell you you when you look and see how the male ego the unenlightened male ego ha- does so much damage to the world and to people it's the male ego for real, y'all. It just destroys things. When I tell you that people are suffering because of this man's ego, and then to hear him talking again today, it just... It's dis- it's disturbing, disgusting behavior. So, like what... Um, February, March, he goes on a Zoom and he proceeds to tell us that the reason that all all trading has ceased is because the main trader asked him how come they don't 
they don't trade in December. And he was so angry and so livid at the time. And he's like, I already told y'all that we don't trade in December. And I did not like that he had the audacity to reach out to me individually and ask me why we don't trade in December. And I told him that I was going to send them packing. And then the white guy that he's in the partnership with um, had to come on here and say, well, I trust this one guy, right? I trust this one guy. And unless I could be wrong, I, you know, if this guy is still doing the trading, I don't, mm, what time will tell. And part of it too is they're trying to protect him too. So, um, well, at the time back when he was, cause he's young, he's so young and he's, he's a, um, he's, he's so wise, but you mean to tell me that the and, and I think what what bothers me and I've talked about this a little bit too I probably didn't go too much into into the depths of it when I started to figure out like okay let me let me and believe in myself let me trust in myself one more time and I think even hearing his story Loki kind of made me cry on the inside usually you know y'all know I'm very sentimental but I'm just in awe of like the timing of when I receive certain things and I get such green lights like so random. And so listening to his story, and he talks about how um, this young man, right, how he, he went on into go into trading. And so there were things that he had to work out within himself, right? Because one of the biggest things, like when you become a trader, you meet yourself in the market. And so here he was making millions of dollars, you know, I guess I wanted, I'd want to say like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he still was having problems with his credit cards and paying things off. And he talks about going through that rut. Then we're talking about somebody that for, and I, I'm not even going to tell you how many bundles that, that how many packages or units were, were going out. But for every, um, and I want to say, well, yeah, no, I don't, no, I don't want to say. But so if you kind of did the math, you figure he's getting, that was his bonus. Like he'd get a bonus every time one of those closed out. And then I imagine he had like a regular salary, salary, right? So the brother is getting paid. So, um, that, that was really nice for me to hear too, but it also reminded me too, like, like that guy's going to be fine. I think that even so in the aftermath of everything, this interview that he did was in April. He never slandered the the older gentleman that messed all of us up, I think. Um very professional. Um very love everything that I think that us women want to to that we're calling for the men to exhibit is like cool, level headed, collected, right? Calm, cool, calm and collected. Um self-driven, self-motivated, right? Because he talks about how even when he grew up with his father, his father, he was with his dad when his dad met his own father for the first time in his, I want to say he was either 40 or 60. He was, I think he was, he said his dad was 40 and he ne- he never talked to his dad again. 
and how it affected his father. And that kind of resonates with me too, because you all know how um, my dad never got to meet his dad. Well, like, you know, my grandpa from my dad's side passed away when he was two. And so you, and I, I kind of see it sometimes too. But at the same time, I do wonder because it's not like he came from the best of areas. So I I don't know to what degree having the father in the home would have um, made my dad any more better. And I really do love my dad so much. And we've been through so much. But when he talks about how he saw how his dad didn't even start to have confidence until he was in his, I want to say in his late 60s. So he met his dad at 40 for the first time and the only time. And then now that he's in his 60s, he's now developing his confidence, but he got it from seeing his son through his son. You know, you talk about healing generational curses and stuff like that. Um, And so, but he talked about his journey of also, he has a little sister. And and then when he started talking about his little sister, I was like, this is a, this is different. This is what I'm talking about. Like, what makes him different? He talks about how his sister is 10 years younger than him. And he adores his little sister. And he's able to, the, the language that he uses, he understands what women go through. And he's able to have those conversations. And he even talks about how he becomes a representative to, to help other men understand that women are human beings. And he's like, I don't need another woman in the room. And he doesn't even talk about like his mom having to influence any of that. And it's not something he learned from his dad. Who taught him this? How did he become that person? Like what, what makes him different than other, the other people, you know? And so, um, he talks about how he is, um, pro for certain feminist movements, right? Feminism and and he understands what it means on a grander scale. And it's stuff like that that makes me want to heal a little bit more. A lot of you know I've been journaling and when I was putting together the journals, I was looking for um what they call journal prompters and I came across this video that was talking about the steps that you need in order to what what sets people apart who are able to manifest from the rest. And one of the key differences is that, yes, they journal, but also they set their intentions. That's like one of the secret sauce ingredients to people who are able to, you know, that that's what puts you in that one percent, that two percent of the population. And, um, so yeah, kind of lost my train of thought, but, but I I was saying like, you start to see how he's just different. So, but anyways, back to the story, kind of what grinds my gears is that I think that the other guy was just really upset with this young man because he's accomplished. He has all the skills. He has all the skills. And I think that, you know, when you think of, about how, I think what bothers me is um, I'm fortunate because I'm able to live, a, a, I have it pretty good. If you haven't already kind of picked up on that. Do things get a little bit tighter? Do I have to cut back a little bit on some things? Kind of tighten the belt on some things? Yeah. 
But in the grander scheme of things, I mean, like I've, I've said before, my only concern and what puts a little bit under fire under my butt at this point in time, I think as compared to my other con- counterparts that invested alongside with me, is I just have to worry about food on my table, gas for my car. Everything else is, is, is covered, is taken care of, um, kind of just stretching out. <laughs> Kind of just like um, parceling out whatever was left from those previous trades, right? From whatever was trickling in or whatever other investments that I made, I will pull out money from those um, when I need to or, you know, and I just try to, I'd rather just be lean and let it grow the way that it needs to than just pull out like whole amounts, right? So, um. It really, I the, the, the company that went down because of the SEC stuff, I get it. I think that they are trailblazers in their own set, in their own right. And I really do think that they are kind of like the sacrificial lambs in the other, in the other sector, the other trading platform that I'm in. Um, and they're going to figure something out. But I think that they're definitely, people are going to look back at, and see, you know, the sacrifices that they had to make and I think it's going to make it a better world for like 10 years from now but like right now in the thick of things it it really sucks right but I think for when when you start to hear so um so December they don't they normally don't pay out well they they he got pissed at the guy immediately sent him packing no warning it wasn't kind of like hey you know it's a reminder don't do it again last final and last warning type of a thing. So not even thinking about the implications. And so it's heartbreaking because what people in that I, um, because we, we all are kind of like in similar um, groups and stuff like that. They haven't been getting paid uh, January. I think they got 10%. They haven't been getting paid February, March, April, May, June. So for five months. So if you're counting on getting, you know, that income um, and you don't have payments for five months because of somebody's ego, because they asked you, you know, why you don't trade in December and they asked you directly. I don't know what other other alternative there would have been, you know, and it's kind of like if I had to turn back the dial of time, I would have been like, why didn't you ask the white guy? Because the white guy would have just been like, oh, this is something we normally don't do. You know, it's in your contract, whatever, what have you. Um, and I think that it kind of sucks too, because I don't see why the white guy didn't just say like, listen, I understand he pissed you off. Let's have a conversation with this guy. But the implications is we have people that are counting on us, people that have. And and I think that um, this was an important part for me too, to kind of uh, further or better understand the severity of certain things too, because, um, when you, um, that's why I think I'm like, you know what? (laughs) It was really nice to just put my money in and let it work for me and let someone else work for me. But I would, I can trust myself, right? Do I need to develop my skill? Yeah. One of the, one of the cool things that this guy said too, was that, um, Capitalism rewards the expert. Capitalism rewards the expert. And um, 
And that, I think, will stick with me. And when I talk about how the timing of me even hearing this, um, as I'm getting ready to re-enter trading for myself, um, by myself, you know, a little bit more like without the tricycle wheels type of a thing, um, and throw some more cash at it and, and give it another go round is that, um, I, I really like that. It's like challenging me to be the expert for myself, right? Um, when I think about some of the, the, content creators that I admire or business people that I, I admire or I see their stuff come up, they have established themselves as experts in an area. And so those things take time. You know, those things take time. So I, I'm really hard on myself because I'm like, gosh, darn it. Why didn't you? Da, 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 da. And it's like, you've been telling these people you're going to be trading since Timbuktu times. Da, 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 da. But it's like, you know what, it, everything happened for a reason and now you're ready, you know, dust yourself off, shake off the, the old way of doing things and move forward. If if this young man can do it, you can do it too. And um, you just re-gear and re-tighten up and type of thing. So let me go ahead and play a little bit from him um, at the 21 minute mark. I'll probably pay, play like, let's let's try to do five minutes. I'm going to try really hard not to interject because I just want you to kind of hear, you know, how he's talking. You can get a better idea of um, this. This is what I think about. Now, I'm not necessarily even talking about like romantic um, type of thing, because if I'm going to keep it 100, he reminds me very much of one of the exes that I dated. Like um, if he had a son, this is how his son would talk. In fact, but I, like I said, that like my ex talks like this, like even from the sound of the voice, the mannerisms, but the way he thinks about things, this is how he talks. This is how he approaches things. But that being said, he's also promiscuous, right? So I can't really speak to, but I think that the world would be so much better if we had um, more people that were level-headed. And um, I think when I try to play the next five minutes out, they're they're gonna I'm going to read the questions that they're asking him, and I think given the history, like understand this this he recorded this in April, you don't hear any anger, you don't hear any. Um, I listened through the whole interview to see if he was gonna like backbite these people and drag them for filth or, you know, make backhanded remarks or anything like that. Never, not once. Never, not once, you know. So let me play a couple of minutes here. And then probably what I'll do is fast forward a little bit more to later in the interview too. So you can get a better sense of, of how he is. But this this sets the standard. And I think it fascinates me. I will say this too. I think right before I decided to come on here and, and record so you could hear him talking. I could, because part of the questions are are how did women end up worshiping their creation and i think that the way that women ended up working worshiping their creation is that when you had men like this it was so far and few between and because i think that even like with me i really you know i reflect back to how innocent and how pure and how naive i was and 
Nobody could love more than me. Nobody wanted to be in love more than me. Nobody wanted companionship more than me. I think, you know, wanting the the husband, the five kids, the white picket fence, the little Bruno and a goldfish, you know, and everything that comes with, you know, the ups and downs that I saw my parents go through in, in a union and stuff like that. Um, but... But somehow, I think the women collective, like, I say that because I think that at some point you wanted to kind of hope that if one man is capable of it, then maybe there's hope for the rest of them. And so then that's where you get this whole speaking life into them and lowering the band, the, 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 the standards and expectations and, and coddling them because in a way, like, we want to believe, like, I want to believe that they're capable of something. Like, there's still that, the remnants of the old part of me that wanted to believe that, you know, like, even with my ex part, like, well, we're not going to read the books backwards. I have to keep reminding myself that until I get it right. But there was a part of me that wanted to believe that, that, and so I I will use the example of, like, well, I know some people don't like it when you use people from your own family. But on a grander scheme of things, if you look at like everything from government to politics, to church, to schools, to what's on the news, you know, so let's not make it just about my, my family or my nuclear. But if you look at the stats and the studies, it's like, they're so far and few between. So I think that the fine line is kind of like, you acknowledge this. And so what got brought me to this is that Hearing him say that he believes in certain parts of feminism made me want to become a better woman. And I, I think, um, what, oh, this is what I was talking about. When I was talking about the journal prompters, one of the things that came up in the journal prompters for setting your intentions are what, what are some things that you need to leave behind in order to move ahead into the future? And immediately I knew that one of the things that I had to leave behind was um my my sentiments on the xy's you know um type of a thing and and it's not probably in the way that you think i think that i've dealt with so much of the deep dark energy i'm not saying that they're not going to stop being deep dark people but i can't carry that weight with me into where i'm going into um i think that there's a part of me that can only hope that there's more people, you know, when it comes to X, Y's that can be the role model. Um, but, but my hope is kind of like, um, it's very faint or dismal. Um, and so I've talked about in another podcast about how, you know, there's a part of me that would hope that at some point in life, you meet somebody that, this genuine that gets it that understands it that's level headed like that is in- intelligent that sees that there's more to humanity is articulate has foresight ambition all of those things in a healthy way in a healthy way right because then when you start to look at like businessmen you know case in point the same the same person who really should have been his mentor 
And, you know, it's one of those things where that guy is kind of like, if when you deal with that energy, you know what you're dealing with. But with the black guy, it's kind of like he wanted to be the token black guy. So it just grinds his gears that he doesn't have the capacity to trade the way that this young man does. And, you know, top of a thing. And it, he's not even doing the work. So part of what pisses me off is kind of like, well, um, if you want your refunds, we'll give you your refunds, but we don't have the money right now. It's in, um, what did he say was the word? It's in liquidity issues. Just, just so highly irresponsible. And then, um, I think in terms of understanding stuff. And but you know, at the same time, I'm thankful I can I can navigate through the storm and I can pivot. I feel bad for people who can't pivot who didn't see this coming and they really truly shouldn't have seen this coming but all of this suffering is because of this man's ego all of this suffering is because of this man's ego everything that all these people are going through for the last five months without payments is because of this man's ego right and so um i don't know to what degree he's capable of feeling you know when people are telling him, like, is there anything you can do? Well, can you at least refund, you know, what you what you gave us since because because what happened is um, what happened is that because he he cut off the trader, that trader, because they were trading, um, they, I don't I'll, I won't go into too much, um, but they have their broker that they work with. So if you cut off your ties to the, the trader knows the technical aspects and stuff and, and which broker to use. And there's a reason why they use them and so on and so forth. So when you cut off that person, then you cut off ties to the broker too. So um, now they have to find another broker that it can is able to handle those type of things under the same agreements that the other one does. And if you've ever traded um in that side of things, and um, which I dabbled with it a little bit, and um it's really cool. I'm kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none at this point, but I'm being pushed to just kind of refine my area of expertise and Y'all are here for the day-to-day <laughs> inner work that comes behind it. Um, and if you're aggravated, I'm like a hundred times more aggravated with it. But we'll get there. We'll we'll push through it. Um, but so so now they have to shop around and find another broker, and then they have to shop around and find another trader. Well, we they said that the trader that we have now that they got for us now, um. He's trading, but guess what? He's not as good as the other team that was there. So the trades are not, they're not getting what they were with the other trader. Which is understandable, right? Everybody's going to have a learning curve and you're going to be have to be responsible with so much stuff. And he strikes me as a type of guy that, you know, I don't, I don't know the person and I don't think they're ever going to show him again because I think that... um, You know, there's there's safety parameters that they need to have with with that but um but yeah all of this because of ego and and like I said I don't think that the guy that got pissed off because somebody texted him to ask why they don't trade in December um 
you know, I don't think it was worth all the pain and suffering, you know. So let me play a little bit of what he has to say. Here we go. It's just at a random spot, and then maybe after two or three minutes, I'll play a couple more minutes towards the end of the video. So. And then what started to happen is the the drive group started, you know, it's like, hey, man. It was like a, it was like a monster, you know. It's like, yo, I'm back, bro. Like, you, you got to come with me, though. You got to come with me. And I just didn't want to shortchange my friend. Because it's like, man, when I, when, when I was broken, when my mind wasn't right, you gave me an opportunity to get right. I don't want to just jump ship as soon as my thing is, is ready. Because even the skills that I'm using to make my thing ready, I've learned here, you know? And that was its own battle. I don't know that we ever got the timing of it right because I ended up leaving. I don't think I left at a time when they would have wanted me to leave. But, but it was time. So this one says... So this was interesting too because y'all know how I feel about religion. You know? Um, but I think that even his um, perspective on religion is uh, is healthier than most. Because the question here is, as a man of faith, do you practice faith-based investing? I want you to hear his answer. Before I answer this question, I think it's very important I say I'm a politics major. One thing I learned about politics... Politics must represent the populace, not your personal beliefs. The soul of my business is intimately linked to mine. Thus, it has a faith-based core. The execution of my business is an organism that has to serve my populace, which is a staff that is comprised of people who don't necessarily share my faith. In that regard, there is no existing mandate for faith-based investing. The best idea wins uh, no matter where it came from. I'm not saying I get it right. I'm not saying that even what I've answered is correct. But with where I stand now, there is no faith-based mandate. I have a mandate on myself. All my executives know where I land. For that reason, there are certain things they do not bring me. But into the nuance of hermeneutic, which is the specifics of how you see the scripture, I think that would be hard to impose on the business for me. Okay, so the next question. Okay, so let's just kind of skip ahead to another area here. And this one... See if we can find something. I'm always on to the news. So CNBC as an app is always giving me alerts. So I, I stay plugged in there. For my company, we do a segment called Five and Five with Drive. So we're always scouring the web for, for stories that we're going to then put in the, into the, our package for that week. And that's a, that's a big place I get my news to in preparation for the Five and Five. So it says, any advice for founders pitching with fear? So um, this is, I'm low-key proud of him, I think, um, from a spiritual standpoint, or just, I think, in contrast to all the other XYs who are really out here struggling. Um, so it was, I think, one of the things, and if you ever get the chance to hear his story in its entirety, it's a progression that I think every human being has to go through. But he got to a point where he learned that he needs to have kind of like two things going on. So you need to have your home base where you have your income and the things that he's passionate about, which is like the trading for him. But on the other side, he has, it's kind of like bifurcation, I think is the word. Like this duality where you kind of have, yeah, like two things going on, right? So he has the trading component, but he also has this company called, I think the Drive Group. Yeah, the Drive Group. And so what he's trying to do is set it up to where it's kind of like the equivalent of Shark Tank. So you can come to him with an idea 
and he has a really good solid background um in like auditing and um kind of like the back end of business type it's it, it's really i'm not going to do him justice in describing how his background comes in he came into trading because of his own interest you know just kind of like the same way how the rest of us are like myself did and it just clicked for him and i think that you know it just goes to show that he has multiple interests but i think that um so he that's what it's talking about when when it's asking like any advice for founder founders pitch, pitching with fair you know people that will come to him um it's still i think there's a show um i kind of gave away if if you wanted to go check out who he is but um he has it set up to where you can give him a pitch and he will assess it and then he will fund it and then he will continue to give advice kind of like a mini I guess, Canadian version of um, the Shark Tank. So this is the question they asked them. Any advice for founders pitching with fear? Nobody wants to lose money, but you're not in the room because they think you're going to lose money. A lot of times founders go in and they explain why the money is safe. You need to go in and explain why the money is going to get made. I don't want to know that my 100000 is safe. I want to know my 100000 becomes a million. The fear that founders have is they go in there and think, man, if I don't tell this guy's money's safe, he's not going to give it to me. He's there because he wants to give it to you. He just wants... They're all riverboat gamblers at the end of the day. I'm going to say this real quick. So what was so interesting to me is this guy recorded this video in in twin, uh, April 4, 2023. Time I'm recording this is June, um, June 10, 2023. I talked about how the older um, black guy... He kept telling us, your money is safe, your money is safe, your money is safe. How is it that this young man, you know, where did he get come to understand that concept? Because at the end of the day, we all wanted to invest in something because we think that there's something novel to that idea. And we believed in the way that it was set up at the time when we invested into it. Now they've changed that whole dynamic all because of ego, <laughs> Right type of a thing but i want you to hear his response and this this if when they had him at the forefront and talking with the investors this is what a lot of us bought into this is the person that's trading our money but he understands the bigger picture as opposed to somebody saying like oh you can't just ask me why i don't trade on in december nobody asks me that i don't know who they think that i am and stuff and i made sure to tell him immediately to shut everything down and I told them that if they don't want me to be a part of this, then they can take me out if they want to keep him. But I'm not going to be with somebody who or anybody who's going to ask me questions about how I do why I do things. Now you got fallout. Now you got people suffering. Now you have the people who invested in you. You're you're going to give them that type of language. Listen, listen to how much more refined this is, right? Nobody wants to lose money. But you're not in the room because they think you're going to lose money. A lot of times founders go in and they explain why the money is safe. You need to go in and explain why the money is going to get made. I don't want to know that my 100000 is safe. I want to know my 100000 becomes a million. The fear that founders have is they go in there and think, man, if I don't tell this guy's money safe, he's not going to give it to me. He's there because he wants to give it to you. Mm-hmm. He just wants, they're all riverboat gamblers at the end of the day. <laughs> they just want you to give them a good deal. And the sweet spot is making sure don't make it too sweet, don't make it too bitter. If you find a sweet spot, I'll give you money. The fear is in thinking, man, little old me, this, that, and the third. No, boss. Mm-mm. 
Every single unicorn founder became bigger than the investors that started their companies. They want you. There's no shortage of money. There is a shortage of good ideas. So go under like Russell Crowe, Gladiator, man. You know what I'm saying? Win the crowd and win your freedom. That's that's what it is. You, that's, hmm. the, that's the fear you have to eliminate. Um, this one is interesting, too. So he says, is there a racially systemic issue in the industry? Uh, I'll let you listen to it. And then I'm, as soon as he's done with it, I'm, I'm going to close it out. This one was interesting to me, too, because I think that he was able to successfully navigate, I think, in a way that I have respect for him. And with two things that I... One, he's an XY. Two, it's a black male. Um, and then three, um, he's handling the religion component. But now this is his perspective on racial systemic issues in the industry. They're asking him, is there a ra racially systemic issue in the industry? You're going to hear his response, which I think most of you, you know, may if you don't agree with it, that's OK, because I'm kind of off of that too but there's so much respect for the way that he handled and addressed so many of the other things too um and i hope that that carries some weight with you because y'all know i'll be going in and going off on stuff but um let's just go ahead and play this i'm already over the 30 minute mark but i wanted you to kind of hear you know just how level-headed this response is so There's a couple of things that are universally legal. Universally. You can do them everywhere. One of the things that's universally legal that nobody talks about is fear of black people. There's not a systemic issue in the industry. There's a systemic problem in this world. You're allowed to be scared of me and not know me. I am not allowed to be scared of you and not know you. If you're a certain culture, I am not allowed to be scared of you and not know you. But you are allowed to a man, to a woman, to a child, to any country in the world, even countries that are highly Nubian, you're allowed to be scared of me and not know me. And in that fear, you could kill me and make, and make an argument, but I was scared. It's only legal with a couple of cultures on the face of the planet. It's not even about finance. It's not about real estate. It's not about housing. This is not about communities. This is not about social programs. It's not about anything like that. I'll put it to you this way. Keeping kids off the street, you know you need a rec center. Certain government institutions do not put rec centers in areas where they think that the rec centers will be damaged because they made those communities that way. I will not put it there. Why? They're going to break it. Why are they going to break it? Because I didn't put nothing there. How do I talk to you? Know what I'm saying like, we can't do it. We're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to be able to do it. And, and, and if, if you I'm glad you're going to, you're going to hang in there with me a little bit more because he's going to say something at the end that's going to make you chuckle it's going to make you understand why i hold respect for it because he gets it all right so even though this is not an intended part you're you're gonna see how he understands the full scope let's go you walk down the street and you see a bottle on the street you'll throw another bottle on the street because you're thinking well it must be fine here you got to pay the money to have someone pick up the bottles the people will eventually stop dropping the bottles if you if you pay stop dropping the bottles but you can't put nothing there, which means companies don't want to come, so there's no jobs. Which means teachers don't want to teach there, so the schools are bad. Which means people don't want to live there, so the real estate's undesirable. Which means community centers don't go there, so the children have no place to go. Which means, by law, your public officials who serve that industry are on high alert because they're nervous about this area where they know that nothing has been put here. Which means 
voter turnout in these places is low because who knows when people are even going to go vote. Which means when people are running for office, they don't even go campaign in these places. So these people already feel unseen and unheard. Which means none of your tax allocation dollars go to even repairing what's wrong with these industries and, and, and places and buildings. Which means these places have no seismic footprint or radar on the map at all. But for the musicians that will come out and glorify uh, what they've done or the athletes who will come out and glorify what's happening there. John Moran. Anyway, I can't even, I'm not even going to get into it. And you're going to ask me why certain things are happening there and ignore the 10 clear indicators? Then you're going to say it's because there are single mothers there. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. So, Did you hear that? That's that there were so many moments, but he's like, he's heard the conversations about how I think he's had the um, misfortune of hearing other black men say that the reason that we have these bad neighborhoods is because of single, um, single mothers. And you hear it at how he laughs at how preposterous that seems to, to him. So, you know, there's, there's some nuances there, I think too, but at the same time, I would want to believe that he thinks that it's the impetus is on the on the male or leadership to put something there. Um, but he clearly understands that it's not something for you to blame single mothers on this. Right. Because you can hear how he laughs at how preposterous it is. And he's actually his hand movements are, are, are kind of implying like my mind is blown. Like, how did you come up to this conclusion? We'll get it to it. And you're going to ask me why certain things are happening there and ignore the 10 clear indicators. And you're going to say it's because there are single mothers there. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. So there's a systemic issue with how black people are seen in the world. So, yeah, so kudos to him. But I think that um, I, I want to make sure to, to reiterate this again, because Part of the question I asked myself was, how did women get to a place where we worship our our creation and we worship what we give birth to and that should never happen? Um, and I think that having been through like a male worshiper aspect, I think that and then kind of pedal backpedaling and kind of lo looking to see where the difference is between the two. It's easy to say like, wow, okay, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. Let me try to breathe life into other people, like into other men and say, this is the standard. You can do it. You're capable. You're capable of da 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 But no, that's, we, I don't think that women were me meant to like be worshipers. But at the same time, I can acknowledge, you know, the few and far between when I do see a good example of it. I it's something that I don't quite understand how to replicate that. Um but I but but you know, I like I said, part of what made me want to kind of just be able to acknowledge that there it there there can be that one good guy and that's such a problematic sentence because then now everybody wants to be the good guy without being the good guy not everybody's talking like this not everybody has that that mindset like that so i gotta go anyways y'all i get so antsy um it's funny because it's saturday so i'm really forcing myself to take it easy but i have like let me see i have a tab with like six yeah one two three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
9, 10, 11. With 11 tabs um, about how to trade X, X, or not X, triple uh, X, how to trade uh, QQQ and SPY. So I'm going to probably listen to those tonight. Um, so big whoopee, but I do get antsy. So in between, in between stuff, like I have to get up and move around a little bit and then come back and, and watch stuff. So I hope you enjoyed that. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.